Humboldt Holding Up is sponsored by the North Coast Co-op and Humboldt Hydroponics. You know, uh, the North Coast Co-op, it's no no mystery that it's the favorite grocery store of Humboldt Holding Up. We go there for lunch all the time. Andrew, I know you love the solids. Also the and- Poke Bowls. But I shouldn't <laughs> say I shouldn't say that out loud because then there'll be a rush on the Poke Bowl. <laughs> Well, anyway, whatever it is that you love, they've got it there at the North Coast Co-op. Go check them out at both Arcata and Eureka. And Humble Hydroponics, they are located at 1302 Union Street. That is uh, right next to the Broadway Cinema, unless in case you don't have a map in, in your brain. Uh, you can visit them there and their knowledgeable staff will help you with all your growing needs. Humble Hydroponics, locally owned and operated for some time. It's Humboldt Holding Up, the only podcast in Humboldt able to leap tall buildings with a single bound. My name is Andrew Goff. And I'm Stephanie McGarry. I don't think that you should be leaping tall buildings in a single bound, Andrew. You're referencing my my injury. I am, because I just wanted to mention that Humboldt Holding Up has been on a brief hiatus. These people thought that they could get rid of us. But here we are. I'm officially a, a, an old person because, uh, I'll, okay, I'll say it. Her, herniated discs. It's not a cool, it's not a cool injury. It makes you sound like a grandpa, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, I back problems are part of getting old. But anyway, that's, of course, not what we're here to talk about today. We're back. Let's move past it. We're doing this again. I'm glad that you're here and that we're back together, Goff. I've missed doing our podcast. And today we're going to be talking about a subject that's important to me as an Arcata resident. We will be talking about the Gateway Area Plan, which I'm sure many folks have been hearing a bit about. But... What exactly is it? What is it going to do for the town? When will it be happening? And what are some of the concerns that people have been bringing up? You know, people are scared about building heights, about (laughs) uh, our our little tiny town turning into uh, L.A., (laughs) some people would say. Yeah. If only we could find somebody with a unique knowledge of said gateway plan to illuminate the various issues surrounding it and uh, maybe put some of our fears to rest. Well, well, guess what, Andrew? We did. We what? did find that person. Oh. It was actually very, very easy to find that person. All I had to do was was call the person who I know uh, is very familiar with the Gateway Area Plan. So today, Senior Planner for the City of Arcata, Dilo Freitas, is going to be joining us to shed some light on this topic Mm. and to address some of the various concerns and questions that have been brought up surrounding this plan. Let's talk to Dilo. Hello. Good Hi, morning. Andrew Goff, I didn't realize you were going to be here. I thought it was just going to be me and Stephanie, like, oh! chilling out lady style, but that's okay. Oh, uh, yeah, do, you, well, do, you, no, no. do you want me to ask him to leave? He no, can... it's fine. That would just be so, like, <laughs> weird. But you can hang out. The reason that we asked you to join us today was to, you know, discuss the, the gateway plans and, and all the way that, that it might impact Arcata. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but first... Before we get to that, you know, we we usually start off just a little bit, you know, talking about you. So we thought we'd just kind of ask about your background. You know, how how does someone find themselves becoming a, a senior planner for the city of Arcata, and hmm. and maybe just 
take us through a little <laughs> bit of, uh, you know, what, what you do <laughs> okay. like on your, you know, throughout your week. Yeah. Okay. Well, like my origin story is not very interesting, so I'll keep it short. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. So I am a local. I, my parents went to HSU and then eventually they needed to like get jobs and a house and stuff. And so we moved to Eureka and so grew up in Eureka and I went to HSU for a year and then transferred out to the University of Washington and found the planning program there, which was actually pretty rare for a university to offer an undergraduate planning degree. Mostly it's a master's program. Once you've already like gotten your feet wet and kind of have a better understanding of what you want to do professionally. Um, and yeah, the rest is kind of history. I moved back cause I love Humboldt and missed all of my freaky, weird, totally genuine Humboldt friends and people. And I started at the city of Eureka and then left for a private firm, Plan West. Um, and then when the senior planner job opened up at the city of Arcata, I was like, that's kind of like my dream job and mm. I'm just going to try for it. And I got it. And now here I am. So what I do currently is kind of a mix of a lot of different things. Partially it's because we just have naturally a really small team um, partially it's because with COVID, like our budget's super small, so it's all hands on deck all the time. And also we just happen to be at this weird collision point where a lot of long range planning efforts are all coming together, uh, at once, including our local coastal program update and our general plan update and the infill program, which was sort of like an extension of our housing element, which we updated in 2018. And now the council wants to update our economic development strategic plan. So <laughs> all these pieces, which really should be fitting together anyway, um, are now being reevaluated all at once. And we have two planners. And so here we are. We're just doing, just doing all the work all the time. Wow. Yeah. Just two planners. It's you and Joe Matier, is That's that correct. the other? Okay, cool. Me and my, yeah. me and my buddy Joe. <laughs> Joe so, is, a, Joe so is, we, a, is yeah. a is a buddy. He's a cool guy. Yeah. How long have you been been at the at the job now? I, sorry, if about you said two that and a half really years. Okay. I started August 2019, and then yeah, six months later, we got the stay at home order. Right, and it's just been a mm. roller coaster ever since. Basically, yeah. 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 Okay. How's it how's it been working at Arcata compared to Eureka? Like which which city is better? How about that? Oh my gosh. The age-old question. Q politic answer. <laughs> <laughs> that is a loaded question, Andrew right. Goff. <laughs> they both have pros and cons. Um, yeah. a major pro for the city of Arcata is, you know, I really enjoy my team and the direction that we're heading and with the polytechnic too. Like what an awesome time to be kind of like spearheading a reevaluation of our priorities and our development, you know. Um, but the city of Eureka, you know, Eureka is my hometown and I really care about Eureka. Um, oh. And I'm on the Eureka Planning Commission, actually. So I'm getting like okay. best wow, of both right. worlds in a sense. Um, you know, you so, have you have you have finagled your way into like you're 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 kind of a big deal. Thank you. Yeah, I also <laughs> recently joined the Ink People board. So okay. I'm just oh, no like kidding. little feelers everywhere. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I mean, I don't think I know too many other people who kind of are involved strongly in in the community and the development of, of both of those towns. So I mm. like that you're sort of bridging that gap that you're one of the people saying like, hey, it does. it's not Arcata or Eureka. Arcata mm-hmm. and Eureka are, are one. They they need each other. They're, yeah, I they're mean, practically the same town, really. Well, not that they're one, <laughs> but like they're two of sort of like an archipelago, you know, of cities that makes up kind of like the Humboldt Bay area. And right. Like we all sort of succeed or fail together. And like Arcata needs Eureka, you know, and Eureka needs Arcata. And we're all just kind of like a region. We have regional opportunities for success. Symbiosis. We don't need to be fighting over which one is better. Right. Yeah. Mm. Because we all know Arcata is better. I'm an well, gal. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, let, let's talk about the, the the gateway area plan because you know this is obviously Arcata is is trying to do uh, something tangible related to housing to plan for the growth that the city might maybe hopefully see in the coming years as a result of what's happening with Cal Poly Humboldt some other industries uh, that might be coming to our area you know we 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 got to grow is is the idea. Um, I'm sure you've had to make this this pitch a bunch, but one more time for us, like, what is the gateway area plan for people whose brains That's more need... with feeling? Yeah, yeah. For people yeah. who need that elevator pitch, uh, yeah. what, what what say you? Well, I think what we're trying to do is balance a lot of different priorities and take what we've heard from the community and from decision makers for years, if not decades, and translate that into a workable vision for sort of the next era of Arcata. Um, And when I say balancing priorities, I mostly am talking about a real need for housing and, you know, sort of like pathways to making Arcata an actual reality for people who are graduating from HSU, coming here, you know, young, needing to start out and make money and start a family. So like creating that opportunity. um, But on the other hand, balancing that against, you know, preservation of our green spaces and to a certain extent, you know, also our community character, our historic resources, our sort of like livable town feel. And, you know, that's sort of the crux of it is how do we try and check all of our boxes? Is that even possible? (laughs) We're going to find out. Um, So the gateway plan is one piece of the larger strategic infill redevelopment program, which is kind of a mouthful and it's esoteric, but really what it is supposed to house in this sort of umbrella is a few different planning efforts that are all intended to densify areas of Arcata that are already served by existing services, close to transit, close to jobs, and really trying to um, take what we like about Arcata and just turn it up to 11. You know, people love the walkability, love sort of the environmental, you know, lens that we put on things. They love the idea of inclusivity and connections with the university and, you know, the sort of student to job story, you know, like all these success stories of our businesses and our, you know, longstanding community members that went to HSU and transitioned to be, um, you know, real leaders in the community. Mm -hmm. 
So I guess that's sort of the general abstract pitch is we're trying to balance a lot of different priorities and do what we can with frankly, like pretty limited tools to guide the way Arcata will look, feel, and function into the future. And yeah, you're right. I've done this probably 45 times. <laughs> well, let's, let, let's do this. Like what, when, when you think of the Arcata that might result from the gateway plan going uh, to plan, uh, paint, paint us a little picture of, of this utopia. Like, are there, are there communities that city planner types drool over where you're like, yeah, we need, we need to be like that. Well, I guess the first thing I would say is like, I'm not, <laughs> I don't think anybody is expecting that our planning efforts will lead to utopia for Arcata. <laughs> and also I think I would say that, you know, whatever comes in the future won't be something that we created in the planning department. It will be things that other members of the community turn into a reality based on their own vision. Um, and hopefully we can be collaborators in that. Like that's the point, you know, but <clears throat> in terms of what that could look like, part of our community vision statement right now, um, which we are updating is, you know, a city of Arcata growing more in stature than in size. And you can mm. interpret that in a couple of different ways. But the way I interpret that is you know, there's always been this intent to densify our urban core. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, our our city skyline will hopefully still have the same, you know, views of the bay, views of the forest, but you're going to probably be seeing a few more taller buildings in that as well. They would hopefully be well-designed. You would have more transit opportunities, more people on the street, hopefully, more people at the plaza, more people at off-plaza centers, more density at some of our main neighborhood commercial nodes where people can hopefully get what they need without having to get in their car. Honestly, I don't think that the Arcata 20 years from now or 50 years from now will be a significantly altered place. It will hopefully, and our intent is just to make it you know, like it is now, but better and slightly but taller. It, but it, well, yeah, I was gonna say like, it's, it's fair to say, like, take that, you know, that Danco project that's over by the, the, the co-op, uh, well, two, two of them now, like, it's fair mm -hmm. to say, we're going to see um, a, a, more of that. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. 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 So more building, less parking is probably yeah. the direction that we're going. Those are two of the issues, I guess I would say that are really still in conversation with the community and the decision makers too. You know, how, what, how tall is too tall? How many, you know, people to accommodate is too many people? How little parking is too little parking? How do we, you know, kind of reach that sweet spot so we are still providing people the resources they need to have an excellent quality of life? Right. Well, so, well, because that because that topic comes up so much, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later. But I thought because you brought it up, we we'll just pose it to you: mm -hmm. how how tall is too tall? Ooh, cue political answer. It's not <laughs> up to me to decide. It's up to the council to decide. No, well, ah! okay, I'm a facilitator of this conversation, right? I am not. You, this is not the you, Dilo show. You have opinions. Are you asking me to divulge my personal opinion? That's what I'm asking. On the record, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just I mean, not not that you're going to uh, tyrannically implement this, but like you're just like, what what, what do you think Arcada needs? I think Arcada needs more buildings between three and six stories in height for sure. 
I think seven and eight stories could be appropriate in very limited, you know, locations throughout the city. We've heard feedback from some people saying, you know, why limit it to the Barrel District? Why not put taller mm. buildings in Sunny Bray or in Northtown? Like, why are we trying to, you know, only focus on this area? And I guess that's not off the table either. Um, but I do think that larger scale buildings should be attractive and well designed. So when you see them as part of, you know, the view shed, that it, you know, adds something in terms of visual character and doesn't detract. And we've heard that pretty consistently from folks in the community that are supportive of higher buildings is just making sure that they are attractive. Right. And I would say, you know, I am generally really supportive of intensifying land uses because the higher you go, the more people you can house and the more people you can house, the more viable your community is. I don't want to see Arcata become a museum, you know, where it's yeah, like, yeah. You can attend college here and then here's this million dollar house. Maybe you'll afford it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would hate to see that happen. So yeah. that's why I'm supportive of larger scale buildings um, is to accommodate more people in a smaller footprint. Well, yeah, you know, since you, you, you gave the, the, the pitch of, of what, you know, the gateway area plan is in a, in a sort of or abstract sense, but the idea, right, is that through community outreach and, and, and lots of meetings and, and coming up with this idea of, of what the community would like to see. Of course, it's always going to vary, but you know, mm -hmm. what, what the community thinks, thinks Arcata needs to be able to come up with a, a plan that can fast track development in a way, or I mean, make, make the permitting process easier that a developer has a little more assurance that if they bring a project to, to the city that meets, you know, all of these requirements that, that they will be able, you know, to develop it without going through some of the, the longer approval processes that we've seen right. in the past and right. seen <clears throat> sometimes end up not even going anywhere, which can be frustrating. But then that brings up what I think some people are scared about with this plan, which is that they're worried that the community is not going to get to have a say moving forward. Mm -hmm. You know, that once this a plan has been established, that then big buildings just going to come and, and the community won't have the chance to <laughs> do what they like to do, which is be like, I think that's ugly. Right. <laughs> I don't, I don't I want I think it that's here. ugly and therefore I, <laughs> I want to just ignore all the other real benefits. Right. I know. Which is like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not really what we want. But I mean, can you just sort of address that, like, you know, that aspect of it, like how it's going to look moving forward once the this plan has been, you know, adopted and, and updated in the, the general plan. Yeah. So I guess the soundbite answer is if you want to have a say in what these buildings are going to look like in the future, engage now. <laughs> this is the time we're doing this now up front. Like we are absorbing all of this input, you know, all of these conversations, facilitating all of these discussions with the intent of making it more straightforward for people who come forward and want to develop a project that abstractly we say we want, but when it comes down to it, particularly immediate neighbors sometimes have concerns. I'm not saying they're NIMBYs. I'm just saying they have concerns. They could be legitimate. We don't know. It's <laughs> okay. a future abstract, you know, project. And 
that's really the most important piece of it is just knowing that over the next few months, we plan to have more discussions with the community about what we want these buildings to look like. Say you have a five-story building. Do you want it to have a green roof? Do you want it to have solar panels? You know, how much shading do you think is appropriate from surrounding buildings? How many windows? Mm. What do you care about color? Do you care about materials? Do you care about bike parking? Do you care about car parking? These are all things that we want to try and suss out now. And the good news is, you know, Arcata has a long history of putting a lot of thought and effort into these questions about design. And so we have a lot of information to draw from already. And the intent, ultimately, once we've captured all this information, is to build it into a form-based code. And basically what a form-based code is, is an extremely rigorous set of design standards that a project has to adhere to in order to get approved. So we basically are going to give a developer a checklist and say, check off all these boxes, and then we're going to double check your work, make sure you did it before we issue you a building permit. And in addition to that, you know, just because it isn't going before the planning commission doesn't mean they aren't still going to need a building permit, which triggers all of the safety requirements that people have raised concerns about for, you know, liquefaction and, you know, soil suitability and all that. That is still 100% a non-negotiable part of our job in reviewing projects. Well, it, I think it's been about a year, you know, since since we've heard about about this, you know, kind of framed in this way. So, like, where where exactly are we in in the process now? Like, what what is, what is happening next? And and what you know, when when will we be looking? When exactly will the whole thing be being adopted? And all that. that. All, and all, all the and all milestones, that. all that stuff, all that jazz. Well, <clears throat> the timeline that I believe we are still hoping to stick to is to have the guidance that we need to update the document by, you know, end of the summer, in order to make the changes that we need to have everything ready for adoption by the end of this year or very early next year, um, so January 2023. And we'll see whether or not that happens. We're pushing really hard, (laughs) but there is a lot of work to do and a lot of moving parts. One of the reasons why we have put together such an aggressive timeline is that a lot of this is grant funded. We secured grants prior to COVID and then COVID happened and we sort of had like, a wheels falling off the bus here where we just didn't have the staff capacity to really dig into this and neither did the community, frankly, you know, I mean, so we did some sort of visioning work at that time, but, um, you know, we sort of lost a year that we're trying to sort of recoup now. Um, and we have already asked for extensions from our funders, the Housing and Community Development Department, and also the State Department of Conservation. We got a Sustainable Agricultural Lands Conservation Grant, um, which is partially funding the Gateway Plan, um, because we are both creating housing and preserving ag lands by not having to annex into the bottoms to create additional housing. And then uh, HCD has just been giving out 
planning and technical assistance dollars like candy to jurisdictions that propose infill development. Also, I think it's important to note that infill is a state planning priority. Um, So, you know, what we're doing is completely in line with what past decision makers have requested, as well as what the state is supporting jurisdictions to do. I'm I'm thinking about, you know, a number of the comments that that I've heard, you know, tuned into a few of the Arcata City Council meetings. And, and, you know, obviously there are there are people who are, oh, they're they're concerned. (laughs) (laughs) But three minutes long. (laughs) I'm trying to think of how the nicest way, like, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, they, they, they're just like, they, they, they're very concerned about losing this um, quaintness, uh, for for lack of a better term, uh, to Arcata, but it it really, I don't know, man, like, I, I, I'm reminded of that, um, that video that was, it was like national video about lack of student housing that just happened to use a humble state as a, as an example where there was a student living in their car. And it just seems like, I don't know, we can't, we can't turn a blind eye to that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, when, when you, when you hear these people, um, I mean, is it, is it frustrating to to feel like people are not seeing the larger vision and, and the need and and that you know people people need housing you know we're, we're we have problem this is a problem <laughs> i mean i'd be lying if i said that it wasn't frustrating at times but i feel like my the more common emotion is just reflecting on how complicated people are <laughs> you know like we are large. We contain multitudes. We can be <laughs> completely into inclusivity and also have a really strong emotional response to the idea of an eight-story building in our town, you know? And that yeah. doesn't make you a bad person, but when, you know, good people cumulatively make self-interested decisions, it has an impact, right? Yeah, and well said. Yeah. Trying to trying to combat that. I feel like that's the frustrating thing because sometimes it feels like an impossible task. And one of my favorite things to say, you know, in these 45 meetings is we have these (laughs) tiny, tiny, tiny tools to address these really, really big structural problems. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, like we have so many systemic inequities and climate change is a thing and the market is a thing and supply chains are a thing and, you know, fire seasons are a thing now, and we have a lot of external pressures that are catching up to us, you know, not to mention that we already had the second highest rate of homelessness in the CSU system multiple years ago, right? It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. And if we don't do anything about it, that's a disservice to the community and to the institution that supports our entire economy. Yeah. I mean, we should, we should feel ashamed about that. Right. Like that should, that should be enough of a priority to, 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 to move us toward like saying like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to see a large building and there might be a shadow on the street. And it's just, uh, it, I mean, it's, I, it's, I, I it's personally, me. I'm not going to tell anybody they should feel ashamed. <laughs> personally, <laughs> I'm personally not going to do that. That's well, no, no, no. But I'd be mean, like, just, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. But I do think that you know, like, I guess it's important for people to recognize sort of these like polarities in their own thinking, you know, Mm. and 
it's this sort of like cognitive dissonance where it's like I love this town and like I love all of the opportunities I've been given you know and how do we recognize that other people who might not even live here yet you know like we need to allow them to be part of the story of this community and just support them and make sure they have an opportunity and you know a healthy lifestyle for their family and how do we lay the groundwork for that Absolutely. I'm glad to hear you bring up th- that it's okay to have the conflicting feelings. It's you know? totally natural. It because, is totally human, human behavior, you know? Right. Because of course, like I support the infill. In I absolutely understand that we need to create more housing and But I will admit also as a pretty much lifelong Arcata resident that I see anything change, you know, in my town that is just like, oh, I I liked it the way that it was before. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just like, it's it's still, it's, of course, I can say like, no, this other, it's more important for it to be this way. But that is often my initial sort of reaction, you know, is just like, I don't want to see stuff change. You know, it's like even just new businesses, like when new, bar, you know, a new bar or restaurant comes up, we're turning into San Francisco. Like, no, <laughs> you know, if I had a nickel for every time somebody told me over the last year that they don't want Arcata to be like L.A., I would be a flipping millionaire. Oh, my goodness. We're, gracious. And we're and we're that right on the precipice. The yeah, yeah. It's so, we're so close <laughs> exactly. to going over that tipping point. Yeah, yeah. If we get to twenty five thousand people in Arcata. Yeah. Then we are LA. We are done. That's it. <laughs> we are just no hope left for this community. I've heard that so many times, but I still don't totally feel like I understand what that means to people. <laughs> right. You know, right, when right. they're like, not like LA, is it hey. traffic? Is it trash? <laughs> is it noise? Is it people fighting? Yeah, I think traffic is fighting one. over parking yeah. spaces, you know? Is it like what is it air quality like tell right. me what it is well, you, you don't want to happen and we'll do what we can to make sure it doesn't well you happen. say you, you say la but i've always appreciated that that santa rosification is a part of our lexicon i was, mm. I was like find that adorable and, and and in that instance i don't, I don't know la we're so not going to become la but but with the santa rosa example i think people think of sprawl i think they think of strip malls and 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 because when, when when you get more people you just get more dumb things uh that we don't want and, and i i just all leads I, to traffic too partially yeah you know yeah. just another reminder that humble holding up is brought to you by the north coast co-op and as somebody who uh, operates works in old town eureka let me just say when uh, those lunchtime hunger pangs hit I find myself drawn to the salad bar at the North Coast Co-op. What I do is I, I go, I take the spinach. I really go overboard on the uh, the, the, the tofu chunks and then, <laughs> um, some, you know, a bunch of onions. I also, I'll throw some chicken in there with the tofu. I go heavy on the protein stuff is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it as much like not a vegetable salad as possible. <laughs> It was really hard for me, you know. The, the salad bar went away during COVID for obvious yeah, reasons for a little bit. I remember, um, I remember that was back. really hard on you. It was really yeah. hard on me, but it's yeah. back. And uh, oh, and then I put I, I cover it all with the the balsamic vinaigrette. Uh, yeah, because it's like in my mind I'm doing something healthy for myself, but I don't know if I ultimately that's what happens. I really I I I like a I like a fat salad. 
well, there's no place better to make yourself a fat salad than at the uh, North Coast Co-op. So let's let's go get a salad right now, Andrew. I can't wait. Right now! So, Steph, there's a bunch of grow shops in Humble, right? I think so. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and one of those happens to be Humble Hydroponics, which is located at 1302 Union Street. Do you know where that is? Uh, yeah, of course. That's right over by uh, the Broadway Cinema. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. And Humble Hydroponics is committed to helping their community through tough times by providing discounts, keeping prices down whenever possible. Oh, well, do, do they have soils, oh, nutrients, yeah. supplements? Yes. yes. Yeah, what about trellis, bamboo sticks, watering tools, pH uh-huh. solutions? Generally liquid. Look, they have lighting, LED and otherwise, trays, inserts, perlite, rock wool, fans, et cetera, et cetera. Wow, they have everything. And, and where is Humble Hydroponics located again? 1302 Union Street. Right, right by the Broadway Cinema. Uh-huh, that's right. Give them a call at 707-443-4304. I, okay. Right. So I have, a, I have a question. Why why this specific section of town? Like, why why did the city determine the, the boundaries of the gateway area uh, here and, and, and decide that this this would be the focus? Yeah, well, one, I mean, I would say the biggest reason and others in the department or, you know, on the council might have a different answer because it was basically the boundary was drawn before I even started here. Okay. I mean, like the general boundary. But the easiest answer is it generally constitutes the boundary of our existing industrial zoning designation that's in that part of town. And, you know, it's sort of just a legacy use type. There are absolutely still light industrial and general industrial businesses in that part of town, but it's completely surrounded by residential and commercial uses. And it's one of the few sort of unregulated areas that's an easy walking distance between the plaza, the university, and most of our job centers. And when I say unregulated, I basically mean without any sort of, um, you know, historic and architectural design overlay. So we have three neighborhood conservation areas currently is what they're called, um, which require more process uh, and more design oversight. And, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, they basically constitute all of the historic um, like urban core of Arcata. <laughs> so all of the lands directly south of the university, all of the downtown, all of Northtown are in this sort of conglomerated, you know, architectural review zone, okay. Okay. which makes it more challenging to redevelop properties that would be, frankly, you know, really convenient in terms of walkability to campus right. and to the downtown. But the gateway area still falls within that radius. And one of the figures we have in the um, gateway area plan draft is this sort of like walkability radius. And there's a lot of stuff within a half mile and a full mile of the boundary. And you yeah. can even get to HSU walking a mile. Why is it called the Gateway Area and formerly the Gateway District? Or maybe some people are still calling it the Gateway District. But at first, it, the city was calling it that. Now it's the area. What, yeah, why? I feel like this is kind of like a fun lowball question. So this is also <laughs> yes. like my why? least favorite question. Because... <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Gateway 
a lot of people, I think, think it was um, something that my director, David Loya, came up with. But actually, the origination of the term gateway, I believe, went back to our last adopted economic development strategic plan, where they actually lay out a fair amount of policy, like regarding this part of town. Um, and I think that they and don't quote me on this, but I think that in the economic development strategic plan, they designated like the K Street corridor, the K and Samoa intersection as like the Southern gateway and then Valley West as sort of a Northern gateway. So there were sort of like two gateways. But the thing with a lot of those plans is that obviously they, you know, morph over time depending on current conditions and the, um, you know, makeup of the council. So this is sort of where we've landed at this moment in time okay and it's not a district <laughs> partially i think because it was confusing with the creamery district and like that's yeah. the whole thing the, the whole nomenclature has been just you know a constant source of like confusion for people i think um, <laughs> i think we, we we've seen a rise in in districts lately there's, there's like a, a push for a marsh district or a south g district or like what is, mm -hmm. Everyone, everyone wants to be a district. Rebranding okay. Valley West as the Mad River District. I have not oh. heard that. Why, 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 why do that? Well, I think Valley West is definitely an area of town that has received a lot of criticism and therefore attention, um, you know, from the council and staff over the last several years. Mm. Um, the intent of you know, a rebranding would mostly be, and the intent I think of any sort of district rebranding in general, you know, is tied to, you know, fostering an area identity and basically yeah, you want to give like, it a personality. Yeah, yeah. Giving it a NIST, you know, like this is what it's about and this is what we can kind of band around and create community around um, and have pride around. Um, so yeah, that's not necessarily like in the works, but shout out to okay. Shoshana with Arcata Main Street, who I really like and appreciate. And yeah. she's definitely on team Mad River District. Okay. Mad River District. Because in yeah, okay. in my mind, Valley West is where the fast food is. And that, that's, I mean, like it's, it, it, would, it would be nice to give it a, 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 its own uh, character. And yeah, yeah, I think, you know, one of the, one of the things that we've been hearing pretty consistently from the Valley West community is that it is a community. You know, people live there. It's a neighborhood for a lot of people and they yeah. want to be able to, you know, feel connected to the rest of the city and they want to collaborate with the city in finding ways to, you know, improve their neighborhood and really take pride in, in, in their neighborhood. So we actually use part of our ARPA funds to support funding of a Cooperation Humboldt program, um, mm. CUNA, mm -hmm. which is basically like the United Community of North Arcata, um, with the intent of sort of fostering grassroots engagement of the Valley West area um, with a, commu a community partner in collaboration okay. with the city. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, it's been fun talking to some of those folks and their love for the for Valley West. Yeah, Order, that would be uh, a great um, Humboldt, Humboldt holding up. Yeah, well, yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Thank you for yeah. the suggestion. Yeah. I yeah. I, I'm reminded of that. You know, we've done some reporting on what's what is the name of that that park that has like river frontage right there? Carlson Park. Carlson yeah, park. Carlson. Yeah. That could be that could be such a gem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully it, it will be. be. So awesome. They're they're working yeah. on that, and I do love that that idea of having a river access park. Yeah, mm -hmm. our environmental services In department yeah. is putting a lot of thought and attention into Carlson Park and actively writing grants. And they've done a lot of work with the community, nice. you know, trying to re-envision, you know, what services and amenities um, would be appropriate there. So yeah, the wheels yeah. are turning. It's not definitely. always obvious, you know, from the outside looking in, but we're definitely trying to do what we can. Well, now back to the, to the gateway area, not district. You talked about this, you touched on this, the building heights aspect, because I think that this is one of, the more controversial aspects of this plan that mm -hmm. a lot of people have. I would been say it's probably the most. Probably the most. Yeah, yeah. I would. That say, I, have I think. Heard. Yeah, that people, you know, have heard this. That that the city is, you know, that staff is proposing going up to, to eight stories, and that's just making people like, ah, what? Mm -hmm. That's insane. Uh, <laughs> and. But it sounds like, you know, when you were talking, you're sort of saying like maybe six, I mean, is, is just, just first off, like, is that even where, where we're still landing? Like, is that, is eight stories still what staff is proposing for max height? Or do you feel like that's, there's been enough pushback to that, that it, that it might change? What well, you know, it's not over till it's over, right? right? I mean, the council will ultimately provide us direction on how to move forward, but I think it is safe to say that, yeah, that's been the main, um, you know, sticking point for people. I would say the vast, vast majority, like 99% of people that we have spoken with are like, yeah, we're for infill. Like we like the idea of densifying the urban core. We do understand there's a need. It's just when we get over four stories in height, we start feeling really uncomfortable with that. <laughs> so I do think that you know, we are definitely evaluating lower height options. And I do think that that will be, you know, a clear um, option provided to the council is, you know, to reevaluate the height and lower it, particularly in the barrel district, which is the only area where eight stories is currently allowed anyway. Um, there's also, you know, more creative ways to, you know, potentially keep regulations, you know, some sort of like oversight of the higher story building. So streamline, you know, two to six stories or two to five or four stories and, you know, require additional review um, for seven or eight stories. And sure. that's something mm -hmm. that the council might consider as well. Um, but also, if we do have seven or eight story buildings, they're going to need to be provided under the current draft plan um, sort of policy, they're going to have to provide a lot in terms of amenities and community benefits. Mm -hmm. So it definitely wouldn't be, you know, eight stories with no, with no benefit to the community regardless. So does that answer your question? Uh, yeah, yes, <laughs> it does. Um, and 
and what are some of these when you're talking about the com community benefits you know can you I explain that a little bit because i've seen that sort of the part of the proposal is this idea that you know based on height you have to provide this much stuff community mm -hmm. benefits like mm -hmm. what sort of things would that would that be well we do have some sort of like suggested categories laid out in the plan but Alongside design, the community benefits, community amenities are still very much, you know, open for discussion. Um, <clears throat> we've heard a lot definitely about aesthetics, like if people are going to see high buildings, they want, you know, quality materials, quality design, like maybe that means requiring an architect, you know, as opposed to a drafts person. And with that kind of height, you might require it anyway. Um, also transit, you know, like providing secure bike lockers or you know showers for people who bike to work and are sweaty like that kind of thing has definitely come up um, and the other big category has been sort of like well I guess there are two other categories one would just be contribution into funds either like parkland funds sort of like parkland and Luffy's or parking and Luffy's um, or into beautification or arts supporting funds, funds that could potentially support our local arts agency or other local organizations. And then also just providing open space. So either dedicating easements to the city or providing publicly, privately operated public open space, POPs, um, with the intent of creating basically, you know, nice areas where people can gather and recreate and relax that the city wouldn't necessarily have to maintain. So those are sort of the main main amenities that seem to be most interesting to people, I would say at this point. Rooftop bars. Uh, rooftop perhaps. bars, rooftop, <laughs> rooftop required. Um, green required. Yeah. I think yeah, you can agree that, that on the table. every yeah. building in Arcata should have a rooftop bar every single one <laughs> yeah that would be a lot well maybe yeah. i don't know maybe it wouldn't it depends on how this all rolls out eureka's getting a rooftop bar yeah. i know we, I, we, we saw that we're, yes. we're very aware we we love yeah you must walk past bars it here yeah. and uh, right, right now it's a slab yeah right, right now it's nothing we're dreaming of the drinks we will have there but i i think it's a good way to go because if you have people getting upset about potential building heights and aesthetics you know just put in a bar and yeah. get some booze let me up, buy you a drink and then they're, yeah, just, <laughs> yeah what if we put some alcohol into you right. would that make it okay it might actually alcohol? make it worse <laughs> yeah i mean like some people <laughs> might not respond well to that i yes, don't know that's actually yeah. perhaps perhaps yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like another uh, area of, of concern that you hear from people is is the effects that these developments will have on on arcada's wastewater treatment plan can you mm -hmm. speak a little bit to infrastructure what is being being done to, to update yeah, yeah 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 well so i would say first of all it's a completely legitimate concern <laughs> and it's something that we absolutely will be planning for over the next 20 years right, right. like we understand that our current facility is vulnerable we also understand that the community loves the existing treatment facility and has consistently encouraged staff to maintain it for as long as possible. We currently do have capacity. I was just talking with our city engineer the other day, and you know, this is not necessarily representative because we have had pretty low rainfall over the last couple of years. 
but for the last two years, is it peak average dry weather flows, wet weather flows? I'm not an engineer, but basically we're at 1.1 average million gallons per day and our capacity is 2.3 million gallons per day. So feasibly, we can definitely add population and not be at capacity even with our current system. And we are currently working to upgrade elements of it just because we need to do maintenance on it anyway. Um, We're currently going through a permitting process with the Coastal Commission and the State Water Board. And, you know, in addition to the fact that we have capacity, we also are definitely seriously considering how to protect our vulnerable infrastructure from sea level rise. And, you know, we will be required to consider alternatives to the existing system in the next few years. Like that's completely expected and anticipated. Um, And I think the thing to remember is that we have time. (laughs) It's not like these things are just going to pop up like mushrooms overnight, right? Like we have time to see population increase and set triggers for reevaluation of our current infrastructure. And, you know, thinking about some of the infrastructure projects that were laid out in the 2000 general plan that we're updating now, Foster Avenue, the Foster Avenue um, extension was outlined in that document. Here we are 20 years later, still putting the pieces together, right? Like it takes funding, it takes time. It's a lot of hoops to jump through. Um, So, you know, people's concerns about infrastructure are being addressed, will be addressed. And we are planning for that and continuing to negotiate with other partners about how to move forward. You're saying, calm, calm down, everybody. This is, this is, this is, this is slow. This is, this is a, this is is a slow. slow. It's slow. It's very slow. It it is. Yeah. Uh, But it uh, is moving forward. We're like a little mighty snail. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. Well, another thing that you had also mentioned, I, I think a little bit at a point too, you know, concerns would be safety and, and, uh, particularly related to the to the higher building heights and you probably saw the, like the letter from the arcade fire district and the mad river union mm-hmm. you know saying that the fire district doesn't have the necessary equipment or staffing to battle fires in high-rise buildings so you know what what are your thoughts on 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 this how, how are those types of concerns being yeah. addressed well you know i think <clears throat> the answer to that is kind of similar to the treatment facility which is that what we're doing now is having the conversation around what would it be like if we had tall buildings you know what what do we need to have in place okay we need a better you know, fire truck with like a taller bucket or whatever. Like we need to train your staff. Let's put a plan together. Let's make sure that happens. You know, like that is completely legitimate feedback. Let's start the process of laying out what that would look like and, you know, creating cost share agreements. Like that's completely, you know, within our power to do. Yeah. Would that be the kind of thing that a higher building you know, that that could be in their community benefits, uh, you know, agreements, like, well, you have to help fund the fire district so that that they can afford to, to put out a fire if your building catches on fire. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I think, you know, realistically, we wouldn't require them to 
purchase a new fire truck all by themselves. It'd be probably a contribution into a fund. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. that would be a really straightforward way to, you know, be like, well, we're drawing the connection. We need yeah. it because of your project. So yeah. help us pay for it. Right, uh-huh. right. We can legitimately say like, hey, Arcata wants, we, we know we need to grow, but we're, we're broke. <laughs> we need your <Yeah>. money. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> we can't, we can't mm. accommodate you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. we can accommodate you, but only if we plan now. And like, I do think that that's exactly. one thing about Arcata that I appreciate is like, we have definitely a strong history of being forward thinking and you know it does require you to really envision what future you want and like lay the groundwork for how to get there yeah and you know just to reiterate like we are not creating these ideas from scratch there's a really really long policy history um you know of promoting infill and protecting our green spaces um so yeah, we're just like one link in a long chain and people will do it after mm-hmm. we're gone too, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're, um, we're getting up against, you know, the, the time that we, we have allotted to these things and I'm sure you have, have plenty to do, but is there, is there kind of anything else about the, the gateway uh, plan that you, you want to say to kind of cap this off? Um, I guess I would just encourage people to formally submit comment to the decision makers, to the planning commission and the city council about you know, what their perspectives are, what their needs are, what they like about what we're proposing and what they don't and why. Um, it's helpful for the decision makers to hear all perspectives when they're making a decision. Um, and you know, particularly if you feel like this would benefit you, <laughs> let us know. Um, we would definitely appreciate hearing from you. Um, and I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. What is the okay. next opportunity? What, what, what is the next thing uh, coming up, you know, where this is going for, uh, to any type of review or are there any more public meetings? Mm-hmm. Opportunity yes, for input? absolutely. There's going to be many opportunities for comment. Um, well, I guess I would say the clearest the clearest information I could give would be about upcoming planning commission meetings. The city council will likely not be giving staff, you know, do it or don't do it, clear direction um, until probably the summer when we have our new council person mm-hmm. um, replacing Emily Goldstein's seat. But the planning commission will continue to be evaluating parts of the draft gateway plan likely, you know, every month between now and the end of the year. It sounds like there's definitely interest from the planning commission in continuing to hold public hearings and opportunities for comment on the document. Um, I also would encourage people to sign up for our long range planning and community visioning listserv, which you can find um, from the homepage of the city's website. It's the first option on the left-hand side, e-notifications, sign up. And um, if you sign up for the long-range planning and community visioning listserv, that will update you on upcoming meetings. Um, so you'll know when you, can, when you can comment. And also we are just trying to use that as a way to keep 
in touch with people who have expressed interest in what we're doing. Okay, great. And um, just because we don't want people to think that your entire life revolves around Gateway. It kind of does though. (laughs) Okay, well, that's all the time we have. (laughs) Thank you, D'Lo. Sorry to disappoint you, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I was just gonna ask if there there was anything else happening in Arcata that you are excited about or that you're, you, you don't feel is on our radar or people's radar? Um, well, I do think that the the interest from the council in reevaluating our economic development strategic plan is a really cool opportunity. And I think we'll really dovetail okay. well with what we're doing in the gateway area, particularly for light industrial, um, you know, manufacturers. Um and also we adopted a strategic arts plan um i think it was last year and um we kind of re reaffirmed our relationship with playhouse arts as our local arts agency which is super exciting we're currently working to reevaluate our public arts processes sort of in line with the arts plan and the goals of the arts plan um and art you know is an is really an important avenue for expression and mental health, but also just for community building and creating connections with the university. So I think it definitely deserves airtime as well. I, I, I had heard that Arcata might be uh, um, looking at ways to encourage more murals with, with all the activity in, in Eureka, maybe Arcata was feeling a little lonely uh, with regards to I mean, their mural <laughs> output. I feel like personally, they say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, but like, if Eureka's doing it, why don't we do something different? You know, like oh, we don't oh, need to just okay. do whatever right. Eureka does. Take that, Eureka. Take that, Eureka. <laughs> different. I mean, I've heard okay. people request, you know, like porch, like tiny porch concerts, you know, like where you can go around to like different porch concerts. Okay. Um, I mean, I feel like with Playhouse Arts as our local arts agency, we have a pretty strong um you know sort of like they do performance so performance art showing yeah. you know yeah um so i don't know murals are obviously fabulous arcade has got a bunch of them too you know um but i think we have a lot of other things to offer as okay well. yeah thank you Dilo, for for joining us and taking us taking the time to talk about this yet again uh yeah. but we we really appreciate it yeah same yeah I maybe know. we should do this again in like two years when the dust has hopefully settled. Okay. Yeah. Like, sure. oh, like yeah. remember how fraught and like challenging that was for yeah. everybody? Like, yeah. where are we now? Well, now we have all these 16 story buildings. Who would have thought? Right. Yeah. And people love them. Who knew? Yeah. Okay, well, thanks so much again to Dilo Freitas, senior planner for the city of Arcata, for joining us and you know dealing with our shenanigans (laughs) and explaining a little bit more about the gateway area plan and and how folks can get involved so if you care about you know tall buildings coming into arcada if you live in arcada or maybe want to live in arcada someday you know now's your time to uh to weigh in on this stuff it will it will be easier it will be easier to live in arcada once uh all these plans are seen through to fruition. It's true. And there will be uh, rooftop bars galore, I'm told. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's all uh, any of us care about, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, we'll see you next week, probably. Right. I don't Maybe. Know. Who knows? I hurt myself again. Bye. Bye. Once again, we want to remind our listeners that Humble Holding Up is generously sponsored by the North Coast Co-op. You know, as somebody who lives at Arcata and works in Old Town, I spend an awful lot of time going to the co-op, both for my grocery shopping and lunch eating needs. Yeah. What about you, Goff? Well, I, I mentioned the salad, but the other thing <laughs> I get often is the, uh, I get the, the, the sushi, you know, they got the the sushi oh, yeah, yeah. stand there and I, I go and I'll get the, 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 the poke bowl. You ever had the poke bowl? Oh yeah. I love the poke bowl. And I also oh. love the, the popcorn tofu. That's a, that's a fan favorite. I'm told very popular in, in Humboldt County. They refer to it as hippie crack. Am I not you heard it here first. <laughs> no, I think it's great. I think uh, you've, you've personalized the product and uh, everybody's going to rush down to the North Coast Co-op to get that hippie crack. That's right. Check out the North Coast Co-op, a Humboldt's organic community-owned grocery store since 1973. Mike, you're like kind of a, a gardener or like a landscaper of sorts, aren't you? <laughs> you I have, have some land. goats. <laughs> okay. Well, a lot of folks in Humboldt County are, and uh, for those people, a great place to go check out is Humble Hydroponics. Yeah. You know of this? Yeah, they're over on 1302 Union Street in Eureka. That's by Broadway Cinema. Yes, that is that is right. And and these guys are very knowledgeable. Their staff, they're familiar with Humboldt's climate, so they can help you with your, your indoor and outdoor growing needs, whatever those may be. They got yeah. lighting, soils, pH solutions, fans, trays, all that, all that stuff. All yeah. that, you know, you know this That's stuff. Handy. <laughs> exactly yeah. so you got to check them out they're they're locally owned and operated now if i buy a big old uh, uh, bag of, of soil or, or or whatnot do i am i gonna have to haul that myself the, like, if I got, like put it in my truck myself i mean is, is what i'm getting at if, there no you don't have to do that that's the one of the other great things about humble yeah. hydroponics is the staff will will help you load up your truck they'll even help with a curbside pickup you know, if you need, if you want to do that, okay. just give okay. them a call. Give them a call to, to figure out how they can help you. It's 707-443-4304. Humboldt Hydroponics, helping you with all your growing needs.